0: Good morning, Church. Good morning. Today's scripture reading will come from Romans chapter 15, verses 5 through 6. Again, that's Romans chapter 15, verses 5 through 6. And it reads, Now may the God of patience and comfort grant to you be like-minded toward one another, according to Christ Jesus, that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So today was a little bit of a special occasion. We don't have the normal preacher. We don't have Brother Greg or other uh, brother preaching today. And also you may have noticed that we don't have Brother Kevin and uh, Brother Chuck here. Brother Kevin is still recovering, so please keep him in their prayers. But also this morning, uh, Brother uh, Chuck found out that he was exposed to COVID. So out of abundance of caution, he wanted to make sure he stayed away and kept everyone safe. Amen. So be uh, pray with them that uh, whether they catch it or not, that they stay safe and are wholly blessed. So today we wanted to talk about with you about the mission going forward into 2022 for MESA, the vision and the mission. And really, we'll focus a lot more on the mission because that's the day-to-day thing we want to keep in your minds. But we wanted to cover both things for you. Um, again, this is the outcome of the work we've been doing for since probably July with IMP, but really through the search committee in defining who we are and the man of God we want to bring here to help us in the next phase. So we want to talk about those things today, get them in your mind, we'll continue to roll out several things and we just wanted to start here. So next slide, please. So first of all, today I will be talking about the vision and you can see what the vision is, glorifying God through the power of the gospel. And then we'll have next after myself, we'll have Brother Jack, Brother C.R. and Brother Jackie cover the other aspects, but the one's really important, again, if you had to pick one thing to remember, it's the mission statement, right? So let's say it with me. Glorify, growing in Christ. Sorry, I haven't messed up. Let's start again. Growing in Christ. Oh, come on, guys. Growing in Christ. Good. Serving in love. Equipping for life. Amen? Amen. All right. So we're going to give out T-shirts. We're going to get out tattoos. We're going to remember this as we go forward because this is going to help us be the type of church that God's going to be proud of. Amen? Amen? Okay, next slide. Glorifying God... Through the power of the gospel, glorifying God through the power of the gospel. Now, again, just real quickly, we, Greg talked about this vision and mission statement. It's a little bit confusing sometimes. But just to kind of share with you a little bit, one of the reasons why we added this on top of the three that we just talked about is that we wanted to make sure we covered everything. Now, growing in Christ, we get, serving in love, we get, equipping for life. But if anyone reads the website, if anyone comes to this service, we want to make sure that they knew as a congregation. Though our mission, our goal, our, what we want to be in the, here in this life and in the next life is glorifying God through the power of the gospel. Amen? Amen? We want to cover those words because sometimes today people forget about even saying God and they forget to say about the gospel. Amen? So we want to kind of put a bow around it and that's why we added this to it. Okay? Now in terms of reference scripture, we have many, many we'll talk about, but the one we, we want to talk about next is Romans 1.16. So I encourage you to open your Bibles. Romans one sixteen. Romans 1.16. And we'll read it here for you. for I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation, to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Amen? Okay, next slide, please. So I kind of wanted to break this down a little bit as we talked about it. First of all, the gospel. Now, as Church of Christ people, most of us kind of know this idea of the gospel. The translation is good news, glad tidings, and the good re- reward. I kind of read that to you in Luke before, and this is the reason why. But what is the gospel? We want to make sure everyone understands, not just people inside the church, but people we're trying to bring into the church. Amen? So next, next uh, click through. We always talk about gospel being the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, which is true, and I kind of elaborate a little bit more for you, as God's perfect plan... For reconciliation and eternal salvation through his son and our savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I mean, if we really kind of had to summarize, I think that kind of encapsulates it, right? So I want to make sure that we understand that it was the plan that God predestined way before time, even when he was working with just the Jews, to save us, to be eternally saved from sin, from death, from pain, all those things. Amen. Amen. Next slide or next point. Now, the other thing about the gospel as I was working on this is we also know the gospel is what? The first four books of the Bible. Amen? The gospel is also the first four books of the Bible. And it's not an accident because it talks about the story of Jesus. The story of Jesus as human. We have a Savior who came down in flesh. He is the Messiah. He is deity. He is our Savior. So we understand and study the gospel, the four books. We will understand the gospel, the plan of God's salvation. Amen? So I invite you and challenge you as we get going to the new year, we're going to have the mission statement vision up there, but don't just look at it as words. It is a challenge. It's an invitation to get back into the Bible, understand how we use that gospel to save others, to save ourselves. Amen. The gospel is what we talked about, the salvation, but it's also understanding our Christ, the Lord, Savior, what Jesus did when he came to earth. Amen. Okay. Next slide. The other thing, again, as you go through and study the word of of God about the scriptures, the gospel of God, the gospel of salvation, the gospel of of poor and captive, again, these are very many scriptures that talk about the gospel in different ways, and it just gives us more insight into how we can look at the gospel. And so we want to begin to study those again. Refresh our minds, refresh our hearts, understand the fullness of the gospel that's preached to us. Amen? Okay, next slide. Glorifying God. Now, again, if you look at the word glory or glorify, it could be a noun or a verb. And of course, in our case, it's about boasting or exalting or praising God, right? When we talk about glorifying God. Next. And again, just to kind of summarize, I want to kind of bring it to a kind of a point, you know, praising, raising praise and honor to God, especially what he has done for us. Amen. And again, throughout the scriptures, we know this, right? We see many, many examples the two I kind of quoted. The first one is in Curse of Luke when Jesus is talking to the blind man. He's on his way to Jericho. He encounters Bart- Bartimaeus, who's basically a blind man, who's basically crying to Jesus to save him, to do something for him, right? He didn't stay quiet. In fact, they were telling him to shut up, right? But he praised God. And after he- Jesus basically saved him and gave him his sight, he followed Jesus around, but also the people glorified in the miracle that they saw. Amen? The second case in Acts, again, talking about after the establishment of the church, is in the case when Paul or Barnabas are out preaching the gospel to the synagogues. And basically some in the synagogues, of course, accepted, some rejected it, but also they revealed to them that the Gentiles were going to be given this gospel and they rejoiced and glorified God as well. Amen? So glorifying God comes in many different cases. And if you go to the next uh, couple slides, I want to talk about Glorification in terms of what's going on in our bodies. We glorify God through our bodies. We glorify God through the fruits that we have. So it's not just the praising, but it's what we do what we bring to the table, what God, what we're doing on this side of life to glorify God through our actions. And I think if you go back to the, the kind of the short note that Chuck put, put in there, he talked about sometimes we kind of relax without purpose. But if we're glorifying God, we're not just praising him here on a Sunday or on a Wednesday, but in every action we do, and God is glorified by the things we do for other people. Amen? Amen. And then as the Christians, if we glorify God just by our suffering... And that's something we don't like to think about, but that's what we talked about. If we want to follow in Christ's footsteps. Then we have to understand that's part of it as well. Amen? Okay, next slide. So I'll finish there. And again, the purpose of the vision statement is kind of our desired state. In this side of the world, we want to be together glorifying God. But ultimately, if we go over to Revelations, we want to be with those angels glorifying God in heaven. Amen? And we have the tool, the power of the gospel to do that. So, just remember, our vision is to basically be God's vision, right? To go out there to save others, to glorify, and to, to give Him, uh, do honor and praise. So, basically, next we're going to talk about the mission statement. Brother Jack's going to come up, and we'll kind of continue this. But in, as we begin this next year, think about our mission statement, our vision, and how we transform ourselves into that congregation, that church that's pleasing to God. Thank you.
1: So, glorifying God through the power of the gospel by growing in Christ. Ephesians chapter four, verse fifteen simply states, "Speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of Him who is the head—that is, Christ." If you've read the bulletin article today about the Israelites wandering in the desert, um, they were there forty years in the wilderness. And uh, in this article, uh, Chuck mentions that they lost their way. I'd like to dovetail a little bit um, off of that. Uh, But before we do that, everybody knows the the song, um, at least songs, but everybody knows the song about the 12 spies? All right? 12 men went to spy on Israel, 10 were bad, and two were. What did they see? I want to know if you know this. What did they see when they got to Canaan? (laughs) Ten were bad and two were good. Some saw big and tall. Some saw grapes and clusters. Let's follow. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Some saw God rule over all. Ten were bad and two were good. Very good. No, no. See, so we are learning. That's growing in Christ. Um, What stands out to me um, in the story, so this is before the wilderness wandering. Um, these men were sent, and in uh, Numbers chapter 13, verses 1 and 2, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers you shall send a man, every one a leader among them. And I find that pretty amazing that every man they sent was a leader among the tribes of Israel that went to spy on Canaan. So uh, we know what happened, and... um, they've experienced, when they came back, they said, wow, look at the land that God promised us, but there are giants there. Um, they just came over dry ground as the Red Sea parted for them. They were brought out of, they were brought out of Egypt, um, out of slavery. They experienced the deliverance. They experienced plagues that didn't hurt them. They experienced the miracles um, but what it came, when it came down to their part to act, ten were bad and two were good. This is what I would think is a lack of growth, and that's what that looks like. So what does growth look like? Um, and it's no secret to the church. We know it. We've experienced it and on, as, in a group and, and on a personal level. And it's real clear through Scripture, but that growth requires obedience and commitment. So in chapter four, leading up to and following the verse I just read in 15, we are given keys and instructions. And Paul speaks of equipping and serving, which we will talk about um, soon. But a picture is painted of what that looks like. And I want to read these scriptures. I think it's really important as we go through, I want you to listen to the action words. In verse 13, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. This is growth that we're not taken aback, that we're not tossed to and fro by teaching doctrine. Is anybody kind of sick of what the world is pushing on us today? The lies, and it's like, oh, man, I, I don't know if I can say this to this person. I mean, let's be frank. There is a problem out there with gender confusion, right? Amen? I mean, we can say it is God's truth. We have to deal with that according to God's word and love. We have social problems that God deals with, but we have to do these things His way. That is what growth is, that we trust in Him, right? Scripture, trust in the Lord with all your heart lean not on what? Your own understanding, Knowledge and wisdom. In verse 17, This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk, in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past past feeling have given themselves over to the lewdness to work all uncleanness and greediness. Verse 20 says but you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. There are a lot of action words in here to put things off to no longer... Be children, no longer be tossed to and fro. Um, I have some uh, some friends at work, and uh, uh, they're they're just learning the job. And so when they have questions, they they come to me. And sometimes they say, you know, when I grow up, I want to be like you. And I tell them, well, just don't grow up, and and you've (laughs) succeeded. But the fact of the matter is, is growth is an action. It's an action. I mean, think about the scriptures that we know, and we know these draw near to God, hold fast your confession, consider how to spur one another on to love and good deeds, renew your thinking, offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. These are all action words, but it comes with practice and commitment. No one needs to tell us to practice eating, I don't think, I mean, you know, it's like some of our children maybe practice eating good food, but... um, when we're hungry, we eat. When we're tired, we sleep. Um, it's natural. We actually, I heard a comedian one time say, we eat so much that when we're not eating, we chew gum to practice eating. I mean, it's an amazing thing. But we need to continually practice God's teachings and righteousness to be the spiritual men and women of God in this world that is lost so that we can shine that light. But we need one another to grow in Christ every day. Person plays their part, has been given gifts and talents, and to, for the edifying of the body. We need one another, and we need to challenge one another, and we need to keep our focus on Christ. We ask that God will bless us here as we follow and commit our ways to Him, glorify Him through the power of the gospel by growing in Christ.
2: Thank you, Brother Jack, Brother Vince. All you tall guys? (laughs) All right. There's a clear theme here, right, about action and about vision and about purpose. And a clear argument can be made if you look at the three bullet points behind me that they're sequential. sequential. And as you grow in Christ, the next step is it becomes very apparent about our obligation. As a disciple, to to serve and to serve in love. And as we thought about the three bullet points and working on the cohesion of the entire vision and mission statement, serving in love became very clear. That's something that we should have a clear focus on as we serve the Lord, as we build disciples, and as we serve people in the Lord's name. So, thinking about serving in in love, we we see a, a the best example from our Lord, right? It was. It was clear that he was all about service uh, and he set the best example of all. I want to take the approach for the next few minutes as we speak about, as we kind of unpack this idea of serving in love, to kind of talk about what do those things mean. So we all have a clear vision and we're on the same page and on the same platform about what do we mean by serving in love. So let's spend a few minutes to unpack it. I want to start with what does it mean to serve? First scripture to share, Matthew 20, 26 through 28. The mother of James and John have asked this question about, can, they sit, can their, can their sons sit next to the Lord? Verse 6, not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give us life as a ransom for many." The point was not about power or hierarchy or position in the relationship sitting next to Jesus on the right hand or on the left, but about serving. And Jesus said, wait a minute, now you're missing the point. The point is, even I, Jesus, have come to serve. And we also read in Philippians 2 about he did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but took the form of a servant, he became obedient even to death. That is, the paraphrase. But it's not about position or hierarchy, but about serving serving people in the name of Jesus is 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 a, is a full-time job it's one person at a time and sometimes the best way to share Jesus is to serve people it might be the single best evangelical tool that we have uh, as far as letting the lord come to life through us as we meet the needs of other people and i'll tell you now serving people is messy it's messy it, it, it doesn't always work like you think. There's not always um, uh, the right outcome that you would hope for, but the Lord says to serve people. What about love? What's this thing about serving in love? Do I do I do I have to grit my teeth and kind of bear it? Sometimes you might, just to be honest. But you get, but it comes from this core of about of about love for people and love for the Lord. First John 4. I'm going to read from First John 4, 7 through 11. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. Here's verse 9. This is how God showed, again, an action word. This is how God showed his love for us. He sent his one and only son into the world that he might live, that we might live through him. Then he says it again, verse ten: This is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as the atoning sacrifice for our friends, dear friend, for our sins. Pardon me, atoning sacrifice for our sins. Verse eleven, dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. So God sent in love, Jesus went in love, and we were redeemed in love. All action, all things. I uh, heard a long time ago, love is a verb. True statement. Amen. It's more than a feeling. I'm not talking about that song from Boston, right? It's, it's more than a feeling. When you love somebody, that manifests itself through action and through service. I could tell my wife I love her all day long, but how do I show that, right? I serve her. I love her. I do things for her. Same thing, what the Lord did for us. He loved, loves us and loved us and went and, and came to earth to die for us. It's about action, and again, same point here. It won't go perfectly when you serve in love. You may not get the appreciation that you think. You may, not, uh, you may be disappointed in the outcome. And it, and it may not go real smooth. It might, frankly, be messy to serve people in love. But it's okay. It's what the Lord wants. And you'll be blessed for serving Him. Okay. Who should we serve in love? It's a good question. Right? Who should we serve in love? I want to start in Matthew 5. This is the Sermon on the Mount. The topic is loving your enemies. 5 verse 43. You've heard that it was said, Love your neighbors and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. What? Wait a minute. That's me, by the way. That's not the scripture. What? Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son to rise. On the evil and the good, and sins reign on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you, verse forty-six, if you love those who love you, what, what reward will you get? His point, his, the point is, it's easy to love the people that you love and that love you, but that's not the only group that should receive this love. Are you not piggyback up in verse forty-six? Are you not? Are, are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even the pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. I want to read a second passage on this topic, Matthew 22. This is the question about what is the great commandment. The Pharisees have asked this question. What is the great commandment? Matthew 22, starting in verse 34. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees, got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested Jesus with this question, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? 37, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Got it. Verse 39, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All of the law and the prophets hang on these two com, co, co, commandments. I don't want to, how can I say this? I don't want this to sound wrong, but I, I kind of like myself, right? I think you like yourself. we got problems, we got challenges, but I generally take care of myself. I don't eat as well as I should, but I, I serve myself. I take care of myself, right? You take care of yourself. Jesus says it's so much more than that. It's to love our neighbor as we love ourselves, and to take care of people and to serve people, to love people, serve them in love. So who should we be serving family? The easy answer is everybody. This is one of the few topics there's, there's no restrictions, right? I grew up in a time and in a place where the list of don'ts were much longer than a list of dos, very rule-based about speaking in the context of being a Christian. There's a lot of do's that we need to be doing and serving people in love and sharing the good news of Jesus and the real life world that we live in here in this temporal world and how we get by. Now, we're not only saved by our Lord's sacrifice for us, but we rely upon him from our day-to-day living. So we serve people. And so, CR, who is that? That's enemies. That's people you disagree with. Wow, I don't like you. <laughs> I'm not serving you. No good. It's tough to serve people. And I, I, by the way, I'm not preaching to you. I'm preaching to, to me, really. Um, I, I, don't, I don't have this down yet. I want to get better, and I'm committed to get better as we refocus our, ourselves in 2022. But there's a lot of people I don't, disagree, I, I don't agree with, and there's a lot of people that disappoint me, frankly but they're not excluded from the list. <laughs> Nobody's excluded from the list. So our job is to serve in love. And being a disciple of Christ means I serve people. Being a Christian is a full contact sport. I don't get to be passive. I don't get to come and just sit, sit somewhere and, and sing and, and, and even participate here. But there's so much more beyond inside these four walls. This is the time to to praise the Lord, worship the Lord, edify one another, and then go out there and get to it. To love someone is to serve someone. Let me say that again. To love someone is to serve someone, and there's needs all around us. Discipleship and making disciples is a primary vision for the Mesa Church. you shepherds. We believe that discipleship is, is got to be a, an important topic as we enter the next year and beyond, frankly, as we work on building, dis, building disciples and making disciples. In fact, that concept drove a lot of these points. So what does a disciple look like? Glorifying God through the power of the gospel, serving in love. Also simply said, a disciple looks like the king. It looks like King Jesus. And Jesus set the perfect example for his kingdom, and we want to be like him. Matthew 16, Jesus uh, was beginning to explain to his disciples here that he must go to the cross. That's the context. Matthew 16, 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. So being a disciple starts with a sacrifice. It means that you're more important than me. And that say that to 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 we say that to each other. We're all everybody's more important than each of us as we serve the king. Just as Jesus again in Philippians 2 shared what his importance was. I want to share one final passage before I wrap up with just a few points. Or, a few comments this is a very sobering passage, frankly, from the Old Testament, Malachi 3:18. And you will again see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who don't. The summary point is, for that story is, there is a distinction between those that serve God and those that don't, and we want to be serving the Lord. As we work for Him and His cause here at the Mesa Church, as I as I wrap up and before Brother Jackie comes up to continue the uh, conversation, loving implies serving, and serving implies loving. And if we're serious about being disciples of the King, we've got to get after it. Amen. We've got to serve people. And I want to tell you again, I can't make this point clear enough. I, I, it's hard. It, it, it's tough. You're in the trenches, right? It's that's where the real where the rubber meets the road for real. We're out there trying to serve, and you'll be disappointed, and it will be messy, but it will be okay. And you may not feel equipped. We're going to talk about equipping next. We want to help you be equipped with that, and we want to make sure that we prioritize the Lord's work as we serve Him and the people here locally. Thank you for listening.
3: Good morning, church. Uh, I want you to follow along as these passages of scriptures that I give out. The first one's going to be found in uh, 1 Peter, or 2 Peter, chapter 1, beginning with verse 3. You'll turn to those. I got three or four scriptures for us to read together as we talk about equipping uh, for life. as His divine power has given to us all things that pertains to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who calls us by glory and virtue, by which has been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust so we have to follow god he's the divine power he's the one that's given it to us we'll read some more to do that but but we have to live that life that pertains to godliness and if we're going to be equipped to go out in the world and tell their others about Jesus, we have to be equipped. Now the next scripture I want you to look is Ephesians 4 and beginning with verse 11. He is he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors in teaching. For the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry for the edification of the body of Christ till we all come to unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickiness of man and the common craftiness and the deceit of, of plotting. But speaking the truth in love that we may grow up in all things unto him who is head of the church. And whom the whole body jointly and knitted together by what every joint supplies according to the, the effective work which every part does its share, causing growth of the body and the edification in love. Boy, that covers a lot, doesn't it? It does. And so we have to play our part in order to get the church, the working of the church done. We, we have to be somebody's eyes, somebody's ears, somebody's feet in order to take care of that. And, and if you notice in, that, in verse 12, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, it's, it's the equipping that's got to be done. And you know that lays hard on the, on the elders, uh, hearts because we've got to make sure you're getting equipped to go out and to tell others about Jesus and being able to feed you the things that needs to be fed you. And so we, we have to do that. And so we don't want you going out there being like kids tossed to and fro. It's, it's right here. It's right here. So we have to, we have to learn what Jesus wants us to do. Now turn to Second uh, Timothy chapter uh, 3, Second Timothy chapter 3. As soon as I get there, I got it somewhere. Very familiar... Scripture there, and starting with uh, chapter 3 and verse 16. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for instructions and in righteousness, that the man of God may be completely, thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's the only way it's going to happen. That means we have to be in the Word because God has already created the Word for us and it was done by Him, was given the inspiration to these men to write these words down. And so therefore, we have to, we have to do that. We need to abide by it. Now let's go over to Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 19. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. To the power that worketh in us. And so God has given us that power. We just have to put it into force. As C.R. was talking about an action word, that's one of them right there. That action word, we we have to do that. And to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. That's where it's got to be. We, we have to be on our toes sometimes when people say things to us that says, well, I need to know more about your congregation. I need to know more about Christ. We've got to be able, I think the Bible said to be, be ready always to give an answer of the hope that is within you. It means we got to be ready. When that time comes, we've got to do that. One other thing, and that'll complete my equipment. Now I have some other things to say to you. If you'll notice in your bulletin on the front page this morning, uh, Chuck, the last paragraph, it says the elders are very excited about the future we see for this congregation. The the promise is in measure. The purpose is clear. Every step we take will be the foundation purpose of glorifying God. I hope you feel the excitement of standing on on the starting line, eager and anxious to make the run for the goal. And that's where we have to say. And then he says, ready, set, go. And that's, just want to run by you again, the things that we've talked about this morning as Vince got up there and talking about the glorifying God through the gospel, the good news, that's where it's all at. We have to have that vision. And then Jack talked about obedience, the obedience that some people didn't get it there in the Israelites, only two out of the 12 got it. So we have to be growing in Christ, growing in Christ always. And then CR talked about serving in love. And how many are we supposed to serve? Everyone. Everyone. We serve everyone. Then I talked to you about equipping. We have to be equipped for the, the gospel. And remember this. The mission, the mission is not ours. It's God's mission. And that's where we need to be. God's mission. God's mission is leading souls to Jesus. And we have to do that. Leading souls to, to the gospel, to the pre, to the, so that you can be added to the kingdom. And there may be some in the, here today that's never been added to the kingdom. There may be some of you thinking out there, "Hey, New Year's is just around the corner, and I need to be ready. I need to be a, I need to be a soldier for, for God. I need to be out there in the the bushes. I need to be a, por- a prayer warrior." And I'm not. There's so many things that we can do. There are th- sometimes that we just have to think about where we're at and where we're going. And there are times that we need to renew our faith in Christ Jesus. And, and also say, uh, elders, uh, you know, I haven't been doing much lately maybe today is the time you need to rededicate and say, hey, I want to be a part of this working congregation. I want to be a part of this mission up here, growing in Christ, serving in love and equipping for life and glorifying God through all of this. And we can do it and you can do it. But it takes us sometimes that we just have to say, okay, today is my day. And so today, as we stand and sing this song, if you need to come forward for any reason, we're up here to pray for you, we're here to baptize you, we will be glad to do that. So would you all stand as we sing?